Are you ready to take your accounting career to new heights? Look no further. You're listening to From Zero to Millions, Accounting Edition. I'm Kelly Roars. And I'm Bilal Mihana. Together, we bring you treasure trove of expertise in the world of accounting. As the founders of our own firms, we truly understand the challenges you face day in and day out. Our combined experience with small and online businesses, paired with our background in accounting and entrepreneurship, is sure to help you bring your firm to the next level. Together, we'll deep dive into essential topics like staffing, technology, billing, goal setting, HR, and tax planning. We're here to provide practical advice that applies to CPAs, accountants, and business owners alike. So don't miss out on the opportunity to supercharge your accounting career and build the firm of your dreams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of From Zero to Millions, Accounting Edition. Uh, On today's episode, we have myself, Kelly Roars, we have Bilal Mahana here, and our guest is Miss Jennifer Howard, CPA. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly, for inviting me. I appreciate it. So today, we're going to talk about Jennifer is a small firm owner like ourselves, and she's been in public accounting over 20 years. She's got a wealth of experience and insights in the industry, and she recently celebrated her first year in business. So congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was so instrumental. I'm so excited I made this decision. We're so happy for you. And I'm just, I'm, I love to see others succeed, especially conquering that first year. It's like you've learned so much. There's so much planned for the future. Why don't we start? You can give us a little bit of a background on your journey through public accounting and how you got to being a firm owner. That'd be great. Thank you, Kelly. So, yeah, I started out in public accounting over 22 years ago and pretty much did everything, worked at a small firm and then worked into some larger regional firms, did everything from not being a nonprofit auditor for over eight years, doing bookkeeping payroll, and then eventually taxes and then business consulting. And working in those firms, I gained a wealth of knowledge, definitely well-rounded information. And it really offered me an opportunity to work directly with clients. And I realized that's really what I excel at is working directly with clients. So it was a no-brainer to get out and start working on my own firm and get going with setting that up. That's the reason why I reached out to you a year ago, a year and a little over a year and a half ago now on how to get started, what I should do, and really get my foot in the door. It's Something that I don't think we've discussed on the podcast yet was the value that I appreciated learning from others before I went out on my own. And I do think that's really important. I don't think I could be where I am today and I don't have any regrets about working for people in the long term. I learn so much. You learn so much in public accounting in general. If you pigeonhole yourself in private or even just working for a big four, like you don't get that small firm experience, like working on so many different industries, on so many different aspects of their business. It's like bookkeeping, tax, what's going on with the pension, retirement, payroll, like you just get 
submerged in everything that a business owner gets submerged in. So that gives you the tools to manage your own business. Exactly, exactly. And once I made that decision to start my own firm, I thought, okay, who am I going to reach out to that's going to help me and propel me in the industry? So I called every CPA that I knew that started their own firm within the last year or two, right? Because I wanted to start a virtual firm and talking to a CPA that has a brick and mortar office wasn't going to be a good, good person to, to talk to about that. Mm-hmm. So I talked to them about what, what went well, what they would do differently, what made them successful. And then the important part was, is that I acted on every single thing that they told me made them successful. So if they told me that they joined a referral network, I did that. If they told me that they attended networking events, even through tax season, I did that. My calendar was full come January 1st with networking events. If they were having speaking opportunities, I got one on my calendar in March 14th. I don't advise anybody to ever do that <laughs> that close to the deadline. Yeah, But it was a Yes, but I got a lot of clients from that speaking opportunity that were specifically business owners, which was who I predominantly like to work with the best. And then I also created a great referral relationship and with my referral partners. I went out to lunch. I had coffee with them. I had drinks after dinner with them all the way through taxis and I nurtured those relationships. And then I was very specific about the clients I wanted and who I wanted to work with. So that way, the referrals that did come in would be a good fit. Now, that doesn't always happen, but that's where I was honing in on. the, And I ultimately think that led to my success. So definitely reaching out to other CPAs was very instrumental in the success of my firm. Wow, that's amazing. For a lot of people, usually everyone starts differently where, where they want to decide to start on their own. Did you, what did you do to make the decision? Because you worked many years in public accounting. At what point did you say, okay, enough is enough. What was the, the thumb here that made you decide, I'm going to go on my own. I'm sure probably you had a lot of anxiety, bills to pay, debt, whatever it might be, living expenses. Now you're going from making money to zero overnight. Max with that paycheck first two weeks. Yeah, I was offered partner at several firms multiple times, and it was never what I was initially told. So I realized after the final time that occurred that I'm not getting any younger and this is just wasting my time. So originally my plan was to buy a firm. So I started going out looking at firms to purchase. Okay. And same thing. There was a big scary monster behind the the numbers. They were underbilling or there was a lease contract that I had to keep for five years or yeah, there was just a lot of things that just weren't appealing in purchasing those companies. And so the final time that I was defeated after having those conversations, my husband sat me down and he said, I have a question for you. If you're willing to spend $100,000 and buy a firm, he said, why aren't you willing to spend $100,000 and create your own? And to be honest, I never thought of that. And I'm like, Uh wow, I wish I would (laughs) have thought about that because that really was like, okay, I could do this. So I got $100,000 of which I didn't need seed money and just hit the ground running, started my firm in November 
of last year. And by February, I had the end of February, I had already replaced my income for the year. So, wow. so you started in, in November. So it took you four months. Yep. And uh, I remember messaging Kelly because <laughs> I was like, man, I'm done. I made enough income. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just going to sit back the rest of the year and take the rest of the year off. And so I sent her a message, told her what I had done. And she's, that's fantastic. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Now double it. (laughs) And I was like, I could do that. I could totally do that. I did. I doubled that goal by the end of May. That's awesome. Having that peer group, I think, is what was instrumental. Because if I had questions about something that came up or I needed a second set of eyes, I definitely had people um, that had my back that I could talk to. How did you like, come up with like when you saw your own, as far as like, pricing goes, software to use, like, everything from the whole set package? How did you come up with? Was it on your own? You asked people around you what prices they charge, what services to provide? So I had already been all the way up to a senior manager at um, prior tax firm. So I knew the billing inside and out. And I was actually working with some of the firms I worked at and saying, we need to increase our billing. So I had a good price point of what I wanted to. I still did ask other uh, CPAs in the industry that were virtual what they were charging as a comparison, but I pretty much knew the time it would take to do a return and what that pricing point would be. As far as the technology, oh my goodness, that's what I picked Kelly's brain about the most because I, every firm I've ever looked at had an entire IT department. And so if yeah. my computer wasn't working, I called IT oh, exactly. and I went to a t- meeting. I came back. It was all fixed. And then also being virtual, how do you get your client's information in? It's completely different than having the other firms that I've worked at before. So that's when Kelly had told me that she was using TaxDome and that program is just amazing. And a few other of the other CPA firms that I spoke with also use TaxDome. So it was a no-brainer. That's where I needed to focus on. And it's, it provides great service for clients because it has automatic responses and communicates to them where, where we're at in the process of doing their return, which ultimately takes a lot of time off our plate because I was inundated all during tax season and all year long of, hey, where is this? what's the status update of this? And that kind of in tax dome usually is already implemented in through the pipeline. Yeah, I think people get lost and don't realize that there are simple things that you can implement in your firm that really cut a lot of time down between yourself and admin time. Actually can eliminate a lot of admin work. If you set reminders asking clients for work, it's you don't have to own that piece of the process anymore by setting up these sorts of automations, which is really, I'm a big proponent of TaxDome. I'm actually meeting with the CEO of TaxDome in the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that. And maybe we'll have him on a future episode because a lot of listeners are utilizing TaxDome. I think it's like the hottest software for small practitioners right now. And what's cool about it is they're listening to the users and they're making changes along the way. And it seems every couple months they're saying like, oh, we got the suggestion, so we're going to make this change. And that's huge. I think that's all we really want. And just to talk about another decision that you made, I know you didn't bring this up yet, but 
making the decision on what tax software to use. If you are a tax accountant, I, when I went out on my own, I said, what am I going to use? And I think a lot of people were suggesting like, oh, Drake is, it's so inexpensive. What's a thousand dollars for limited returns or whatever the price is. It might be $1,500 now. I don't really know. But I said, you know what? I need to stick with what I know and what I'm familiar with because I think that's going to work best for me right now. And for me, I know it's Lacert. I think you mm-hmm. use Lacert as well. Yes. Yes, I do. And working with all the firms that I've worked at, I've worked with all of the tax software. So I really had a wealth of knowledge and background on how they all worked, the pros, the cons. And they're ultimately all pretty close to the same of what they provide. But I ended up choosing Lacert because Lacert is, number one, the easiest to use. I think mm-hmm. it's easier than all the rest of the programs, has the um, smallest learning curve, and it also is easier. They have a better help of, hey, I don't, I need to know how to do this. Yes, they have a system in there so that you can just reach out and get an answer to your question on, hey, how do I do the input for this? How do I do the input for that? And it's very user-friendly. So yeah, it costs more, but I feel like I'm getting that value out because I'm much more productive during tax season. I don't want a tax software where there's 12 places to input it in and it might come out on a different form depending on how you put it in. The software engineers aren't really accountants. They're not CPAs and they don't necessarily understand the tax rules. They're just being told, hey, this is what you need, where you need to put the input in for this. And then they're told on another part of it, this is the input on this. And there's no marriage of those. I think Lister does a really good job on this is how the input is done if you want this specific thing to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's ultimately the reason why I chose Lacert. And yeah, it is a lot more expensive, but my clients pay for my fees and my fees mm-hmm. are implementing that cost in them. And I feel like I'm able to get more returns done and provide them better service. With So I'm sure Drake is a good software. But I know several virtual CPAs who started with Drake and then had to switch over to another software because they quickly outgrew it. And that's another learning curve that you have that's time with making that change and moving all that information over. So I just wanted to start with a, a program that I knew worked well. And and I, Lacert has a pay per return. So you can always start off with a small budget. But just know that it can quickly get up there. That's really interesting, too, because recently I went to uh, a seminar down in Maryland and they were saying that they were actually running two programs side by side. And a lot of people were running Drake on the side for easier returns. And I was like, you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. Like right now I have a package where I pay for a certain number of returns and I actually paid for more than I needed. For 23 and I could have probably gotten away with the lower bundle but maybe it might be an option for me next year if I feel like I can move some of the returns over to a different software it, I don't know it's it's food for thought yeah definitely I wouldn't want to know have to remember which one is this which client is in <laughs> yeah. which software uh, you all started on your own recently what was the business plan what was your niche what was your market target and how did you attack it when you started? Because so, you you said you doubled your you you made up your revenue your four months you earned as much as you earned as a salary for working as a farm, which is incredible in a short period of time. 
Well, what was the, because most firms I know that started, it took me a while. It took me a year to get, to earn my salary. So how did you do it? Such a, such a short period of time. And what was unique about, about it? Immersed myself in, because I primarily work with business owners. And okay. so that's my niche. When I started a year ago, that was my niche. I wanted to work with small business owners. I've since developed that niche into uh, specific industries, but that was originally what I'd started with. I thought, where can I go and get in front of the most business owners possible? I went, I joined my local chamber. I went to every single networking event in November, December, January, ribbon cuttings for business, new businesses, networking events at all the local areas, women with visions, councils, which after being there for a year, I am now the leader of the Women with Visions Council for my local chamber. And I, I am also that. a board member for the St. John's County Chamber. And wow, I, I, I just really immerse myself with my niche, my clients that would find value in my service. But ultimately, I think getting up and having a speaking opportunity where you're in front of a lot of people really solidifies the knowledge that you have because the more you're talking about what knowledge you have and what you provide what services you provide your clients the more exposure you get not only one did i get those clients in uh, february and march but i did such a good job that they all told all of their business friends, their friends. and then those clients started coming because i thought after tax season was over oh okay i'm going to start to slow down with how many leads no. and prospects come in no I was getting seven to 12 leads and prospects in a week. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> and I called Kelly. I'm like, I'm going crazy. And um, Kelly, you can work for me. <laughs> so it, it definitely works. And once people know that you do a good job, the services you provide, it just spreads like wildfire. I, I've mm -hmm. had people, because I ask everybody, where'd you hear about me? Because I always want to thank my referral partners. And some I have some people that are like, I don't know. I just keep hearing about you from multiple places. Yeah. So I think just immersing yourself as an as a whatever your niche is as an industry ex expert is first and foremost the best way to really bring in those clients. That's amazing. I think maybe what you did mainly is old school social pro. Yes. By joining networks, speaking gigs. I do it online. You did it old school way, which is initially when you set yourself as an authority, people will follow you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, right now, a lot of firms are lacking services. So when you see somebody like you that are providing this constant, you know, service, communication, feedback, responsive, they want to, okay, I, I usually don't talk to my CPA. I talk to some staff, new grad staff. I will talk to somebody that can advise me on it. And then, okay, I see Jennifer speaking. I see her in, uh, at network events. I see her there. Ask her questions. She knows what she's doing. Definitely a lot of people want to work with you. At the end of the speaking event that I spoke at on March 14th, I did have people asking me questions when I got to the end, which I felt was, number one, I didn't put anybody to sleep talking about taxes. And then number two, they had very engaging questions. But one of the questions I did ask or was asked was, will they be working directly with me? And I told them yes. And I had two people in the audience that were my clients 
who stood up after I said that and told me that they and told everybody else that they are my clients and that they do work directly with me and not another. So that was really rewarding to have those people vouch for me, so to speak. And I think that it on March 14th spoke volumes that I'm working directly with them. I don't want to hate on a large firm or large firm owners that don't have relationships with their clients because that does work for some people. But I think the majority of small business owners want a relationship. They want to speak to the same person on a regular basis. And yes, of course, we both have, we all have staff members that speak to our client from time to time or somebody that handles some sort of in between. But they want to know, and I I do the same thing when I'm meeting with clients, like I am your primary point of contact. Like I own what is going on with your tax profile. I look at everything. I am the person you're going to be meeting with. Like you're not going to be passed off to five different people and feel this cold relationship or this replaced person time over time. And I think that's really what happened, what's happened in the industry Over time, it's like these small practitioners, they didn't keep up with technology. They can't keep up with the regulations. They can't keep up with the workload because they're not charging enough fees. So then they sell off their practice or they join a huge firm where the work gets pushed down to people who don't really know what they're doing. Yep. I got a tax free. I got a, I had met with a client yesterday and their return was done by a very big national firm. I'm sure they paid a very nice fee. And he was a business owner and he was an architect. Okay. And we all know what the QBI deduction is, right? Yes. And how it's capped if you're in a certain industry. But I'm sure you both know that architects are specifically carved out of this cap. And he lost out on a couple thousand dollars. Because they had him marked off as a specified service trader business. And it's just, this is coming from a big firm. But the people who are preparing this firm are not partners of the firm. This is a staff person who just graduated school who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Yep. It's a big difference. I agree. And I would say that I do a pro bono. I take a look at a tax return and review it for every client that I have coming on. And 75% of the time, there are mistakes and errors in the returns that I see. And it doesn't matter who prepares it. Those mistakes are just predominant in our industry. And I think the reason why that is, is because people don't have time to review. They got to hurry up and get it done and get it out the door so that they can get their little fee that they're undercharging for. And they just feel this constant need to keep up and, and be stuck in this hamster wheel, so to speak, of just getting the work in and getting it out. Versus I want to go more of an advisory role with my clients and say, you've paid a lot of tax in this year and we need to sit down after tax season's over and let's take a look at some strategies of what we can do in your business and offer also business consulting to them if they're struggling. I have some businesses that haven't been doing well over the last few years. And so working with them on how they can improve that as well. That, That should be the future for CPAs. I think beyond that, with technology coming on, AI coming on, Eventually, tick and talk and, and putting numbers in boxes will go away. And business owners need advisors. They need somebody yes. to show them, okay, you're overpaying. Your overhead is huge. You have to watch your cash flow. You have to watch taxes. And 
lot of young CPAs or young tax professionals have to realize that being paid low fees will not, will not work in the future because they will overpass you and then they see no value from you. They will use a software to do all the taxes. So I think what you started so far with your initially your practice doing well so far, do you, what advice do you give to your, the new person that wants to decide to go on their own? How would they, what kind of software to use or how, what kind of niche to use? How to price their returns, flat fee, consultant fees, monthly fee? How, like, what's your recommendation for new CPAs that would want to go on their own? And you, you recommend them going on their own? I think I always recommend everybody to go out on their, their own because you, if you're not good at something in a firm, you can always hire somebody to do what you're not good at. So every, any CPA out there can build up a practice. So you don't have to be out there speaking to people and be out in front. I know people that have built up their practice online and doing advertise online or print media. And so it just depends on the niches of what they want to do. But as far as pricing goes, I think that setting a minimum fee of what you want per return and base, and what I did was, is I didn't have anybody specifically that was um, working for me when I first started my firm. So I said, okay, how many hours do I have? during tax season, not working overtime, and then calculate that out so I could say, how many returns could I do and process in that amount of time? And what would that rate look like? And so it came up with a minimum fee in regards to that for individuals and then businesses. And, and then let them know, this is my minimum fee on the returns. But if it takes me longer, then it would be more. And so are you guys, are we good with disclosing numbers? I'm definitely comfortable yep. with numbers. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> so my minimum fees are last year for an individual return were $500. That's with no state return. I live in Florida. So $500 for no state with a federal return, no state, $100 for a state return, $100 if they had a Schedule C. For every Schedule C they had, it'd be an additional $100. I had an Excel template that I would send to them that they would fill out with their information. If I had to put things together, then I charged an hourly rate for that. It would be significantly higher. For rentals, Schedule E's, I charged $100 per rental and also gave them an Excel spreadsheet that they filled out in regards to that. On the business returns, the partnerships and S-Corps usually were right around $1,500 was my minimum fee. If they were a rental and they had a management company and it was super easy, those would sometimes fall under $1,200 or right around $1,200. But the majority of all of them were fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. So you all tax you, you, you don't do your own bookkeeping. Originally, I was not going to do my own bookkeeping, and all my clients asked me to do bookkeeping, and um, I'm like, I'm not providing that service. But during tax season, I had I work with predominantly business owners, and the majority of all of the clients that I received from different bookkeepers all had really bad bookkeeping. And so eventually I was doing their bookkeeping for them already. So then I'm thinking I might as well offer this service to my clients. Number one, they're asking for it. And number two, I'm already doing the work. So I just decided to go ahead and hire a bookkeeper and start accepting bookkeeping clients on that end. But initially, because I didn't offer bookkeeping clients, I had great referral relationships with bookkeepers around my area and said, hey, any business client you get that is looking for a CPA, send them my way. 
and vice versa. If I get a client that needs bookkeeping, I send them your way. And I still do send them that their way because there's some clients that just aren't a good fit for me to do their books and they go ahead and um, reach out. I send them over their way. And also, you do not advise service. Do you charge flat monthly or you charge yearly? How do you come up with that? So I'm working on service plans right at the moment so they can pick through what they want. So if they want quarterly meetings, it's a set price. If they want just tax prep, bookkeeping, and then an annual tax planning meeting in November and December, it's a certain price. And if they want monthly, that's a certain price. Some people want a budget, that's a certain price. And so we just put together a plan of what they want. And then I break it down into monthly costs, a monthly service plan fee, basically. And so that automatically ACH is out for those clients that want that service. How, how do you do it, Kelly? Do you do the same thing or... I honestly, it's included in, I customize all of my engagements for where the client's at. So, uh, you know, just like you at, at first, I was like, oh, I don't need to take one bookkeeping clients for every client. I actually do like just doing the planning and strategy without the books. And then same thing. I noticed, wow, most of these books need help. So it, a lot of times it's easier to keep that in-house also and own the whole process, but it's all included in quarterly or monthly fees, or I have a couple of like semi-annual clients that we do strategy work for, and it's really just due at that time. And then I bill for all the tax returns separate, but everything is set up via ACH ahead of time through Ignition and everything is super, super clear with the scope of what we're doing. And I try to just be really straightforward and proactive with it. And it's been two years since I went out on my own. It's been about two and a half years. And I'm definitely implementing increases in my fees this year. Over the last two years, unless there was a major scope change, I didn't increase a lot of fees. For new clients, fees definitely went up. But anybody who I had, I, I kept a lot of the same fees. But I think this year, there'll definitely be increases and maybe built-in increases moving forward and playing around with that. But I think it, it's important for us. Every year I've increased my minimum tax returns as well. The first mm -hmm. year I went out on my own, I was like, $400 for a tax return is higher than what I was doing. And most people aren't a $400 return because we're working with business owners, with complexities, what have you. But I still need to let people know what that minimum is. And then it was 500 and then 600 And I don't even take on 1040s that don't need extra assistance throughout the year with some sort of planning or projection at this point because it just doesn't fit my criteria. Yeah. We can't provide the best service for those clients. So I'm in the same boat where if they don't have a business or need business consulting advice, then I have other CPAs that I refer them over to that provide great service and are probably a better fit. But I'm yeah, in the same and, boat as Kelly. Especially individuals. They don't need a lot of help. It's a W-2 and some worker statements, possibly some Bitcoin here and there. But uh, a lot of Bitcoin, different story. But yeah, usually the, most of the help people need is business owners. Small business owners need most of the help. I, I'm in, on, on your, in similar to your boat. I kind of, when we meet with prospects, I figure out what they want based on their questions and then just give them a package. Basically, I think, how can I help them with this package? If, if I see a client that is smart, organized, knows everything about 
knows a lot about business, HD, some tax advice. I put that in, but if I see a client not organized and needs a lot of hand-holding, I put that package advisor on a monthly basis. And you say, this is why I think you need in this situation. I tried the multiple packages. It's just, at the end of the day, the client just gets overwhelmed and what to choose. And usually the ones that don't know what they want are the ones are, that need advisory. So it makes it easier for, for them to choose and for me to, okay, this is what you, like, you should need. And then eventually after a year or so, they, I see the improvements, they're in as much, as much advisory or they're improving their business in more advisory than we include that. But everyone has different ways of, I would say, building their firm. Initially, I would say just what you did. Everybody is scared of going on their own. But if you have a business plan, if you know how to go and get clients from virtual, through online, through a person networking, that's the biggest factor. Uh, when you start your own firm and once you get, and, and it's, it's not very hard to get your own salary first year. No. Uh, you did it's it within four months, all. right? I mean, yeah, so I think Jennifer, you're right. I don't think it's hard at all. If you really go out there and, and want to get it, if you need a sign, this is your sign. Is sign. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is your sign. You can go out there, you can quit your job, but you got a little bit of savings or you take out a little loan or you take out your home equity line, you need a little backup. That's fine. But it doesn't take a lot to start a virtual firm. We don't need rent. We need software. We need IT. We need other people to support us in the industry. And I think this was a very valuable episode. And I think we had so much written down that we wanted to even talk about that we didn't get to. So I'm sensing maybe a follow-up episode would be nice. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on. If anybody wants to find you, where can they find you? So my website that will be live will be www.cpaarc.com. But also I'm on Facebook under Jennifer Howard. And you can always email me at jennifer at accountingresultsandconsulting.com. It's a little mouthful. That's how you can get a hold of me. Perfect. Are you off on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn, yes. All right, so all the new potential CPAs that want to start their own practice, reach out to Jennifer. That's right. All the questions. I always Zoom with every single one of them. They do really? reach out to That's me nice. on Zoom or on uh, LinkedIn. That's very um, nice Always. Yeah. I want to pay it forward. Kelly was there for me and I'm like, I'm just going to do it for somebody else. Awesome. There's enough room for all of us and there's enough clients to go around. So Definitely. again, Plenty. thank you for joining us today. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of From Zero to Millions Accounting Edition. Thank you. Before we sign off, remember to share this episode with fellow accounting professionals. Building the firm of your dreams is a journey best taken together. And by sharing, you're helping others on their path to success. 